Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hello, I'm Jack Kessler and this is The Leader. When he was Mayor of London, Boris Johnson's speech to the Conservative Party conference was a must-see event for the delegates. They could expect the full Boris. Faux unpreparedness, frequent hair ruffling and gags at the Tory leadership's expense. So we sent top government representatives to our sweatiest boîte de nuit to show that anyone could dance perfectly safely. And wasn't he brilliant, my friends? Let's hear it. Let's hear it for John Bon Govey. Everyone left feeling better about themselves. But life is harder when you're at the very top. Even his hair is a little thinner than it once was. And some un-Johnsonian realism about NHS waiting lists. But mostly, it was a speech about the high productivity, high wage economy the Prime Minister wants to build, albeit, with a budget and spending review to come, little on how exactly we might get there. To find out, we're joined from the conference by the Standard's Deputy Political Editor, David Bond. What did we learn from Boris Johnson's speech today? Well, I think this was a speech that was um, full of big picture, but very little small print. You know, it was classic Johnson boosterism, full of uh, jokes, full of triumphalism. Uh, you know, there was this call uh, to summon you know, the spirit of Winston Churchill, the spirit of Britain's Olympians, the spirit of Emma Raducanu to try and uh, deliver on uh, his agenda. But in terms of learning... Uh, in policy detail, well, there wasn't very much in it. There was, in fact, I think only one sort of policy announcement. And that was pretty small, um, uh, a premium for, for teachers to help levelling up. But um, I don't think that was the point of the speech, Jack. I think the point of the speech was to try and make people feel good about themselves after the pandemic. I think the point of the speech was to try and make the Conservative Party feel good about itself. Uh, and certainly speaking to people leaving the hall after the speech, um, I, I caught a word with James Cleverly and with Paul Scully. They were they were very um, they were very pleased with it. They thought it was exactly what the country wanted to hear. That lack of detail is that because we have a budget and spending review coming up shortly, or because they don't have any? Um, I think certainly if you think about some of the big picture stuff, so on levelling up, for example, you know, for months now we've been saying like kind of where is the plan? You know, Michael Gove has been uh, appointed as the levelling up. Um, the uh, Secretary of State. So really that is a work in progress. And um, what we heard from Johnson today was the kind of the broad outline of what levelling up might look like, um, you know, kind of what it means to him. Um, but I do think you're right. I think that, that the actual nitty gritty detail um, is not 
is not there yet on the economy. You know, we've been hearing a lot in Manchester this week about the need to sort of shift away from the old broken economic model of low wages, relying on uh, cheap uh, foreign labour to move to some, you know, move to higher wages. Companies need to pay people more. They need to train them more. Well, that is a very long-term vision. And again, you know, I don't think they've quite worked out the detail of it. They sort of know the destination they want to get to, and that's become a bit clearer this week. But yeah, I think, you know, simple answer to your question. Yeah, I think the details are still being worked out. The main theme seem to be productivity and wages. How risky is that given rising inflation? I think the wholesale price of gas jumped by more than a quarter today. Yeah, it's so interesting that when you speak to uh, Conservative Party uh, MPs here, when you speak to ministers here, you know, they are very much, they very much bought into this idea that, um, you know, we do need to sort of increase productivity, but they won't talk about, you know, the sort of risk of inflation. They're slightly uh, dismissive of that. They say that, well, the Bank of England forecast is uh, for the rise of inflation to be temporary and it will uh, resettle. But I think the truth is, is that no one really knows what's going to happen. Inflation businesses are pointing out that there is a real concern that you could go back to this sort of 1970s inflationary spiral and that could do real damage to the economy and then that will lead to a rise in interest rates but people really are sort of talking about the sort of the possible uh, bad side of all this they're just talking up the fact that people are finally being paid more and you know it's interesting listening to Dominic Raab who um, did the media around this morning before the Prime Minister's speech who was who was pointing out that um, you know ONS data actually showed something a bit more positive about real uh, wage growth um, because you know there is this concern that although wages are going up, so inflation's going up, so people's real incomes are not necessarily rising uh, uh, as much as the government has been saying. But clearly, it's, uh, the government is sensitive to it. Clearly, Boris Johnson is sensitive to it. But they're, they're sort of they're not talking about it. They're not they're not sort of acknowledging that there could be this um, this inflationary spiral. Johnson's been hammering business recently, but he had some nicer things to say about them in his speech. Do you think that will mend any bridges? Yeah, there was a bit more of an olive branch around investment. There was, uh, you know, he sort of talked up uh, the role that the private sector had played in the vaccine rollout and talked about the sort of role that sort of the private sector has played in, in, in and, and talked about foreign direct investment. Uh, but again, you know, to sort of speak to businesses and they are worried. They are deeply worried about uh, some of the sort of tone of messaging that's been coming out of the government announced Boris Johnson this week in terms of, again, sort of almost blaming them for uh, some of the, the supply, supply chain uh, crisis that we've been seeing, saying, you know, they should have been better prepared and that, you know, they need to pay people, they need to improve conditions. You know, I think there is a, you know, there's a lot of frustration from business leaders. Uh, about that uh, and about the fact that they are being quite dogmatic about you know, temporary relaxations of, of immigration to, to try and alleviate the crisis. Um, but again, if you look at the speech, it really didn't address very much of this head on. You know, he did talk about, again, the big picture of how he wants to get to a sort of you know, higher wage, uh, higher productivity economy. He didn't really talk about taxes either. He did just—he sort of had one nod to it where he said that you know, he wanted the UK to be a low-tax economy. Is Johnson still a beloved figure of party members, or has the energy seeped to others like Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak? It's quite hard to tell because um, it's—you know—the conference is is very much, um, you know, quite—it's it's a much smaller affair. You know, it's—it's—you uh, know—it's quite hard 
uh, to sort of bump into sort of the grassroots in, in the way that I think he did in conferences of, of old. So I think he he has still got that popularity, but it is noticeable, you know, sort of around the Midland Hotel where uh, all the members have been staying. And Rishi Sunak is definitely, you know, sort of a superstar. Uh, and has his, his band of followers, as does uh, Liz Truss. It felt to me like the whole the whole week really was the sort of Boris show. You know, he's really at the moment in his pomp. It, you know, Conservative Party feels very united on him, and I think you know they're probably going away from Manchester feeling very upbeat. Which leader, Starmer or Johnson, will feel happier about their political projects after the last two weeks? I think probably. Well, they will both feel quite positive about it, I think, because, you know, Keir Starmer certainly felt after the Labour conference that, um, you know, in taking on the left and getting, you know, a win, perhaps not the win that it hoped for, a complete win, but certainly a win in terms of um, changing the rules about the way, around the way that future leaders were elected and making it harder for a figure from the left to uh, to get the party leadership. I think that was a, that was a big step. Um, but, you know, his speech, it didn't really sort of cut through, I don't think. It'd be interesting to see how the Johnson speech cuts through because it may have felt a bit out of touch to the, the sort of cost of living crisis and the, the other problems that the country is facing. Um, but, yeah, maybe just about Boris Johnson will feel that he comes away with more of a win because I think, you know, going into this, there was lots of rumblings, I think, from parts of the Conservative Party. Um, I think he emerges from it. It's very clear that he is the man in charge and that um, if he can find now a way of actually delivering on some of the things he is is promising, that is the big question. Uh, But certainly I think he will feel very upbeat about it. And that's The Leader. Come back tomorrow at four for more news, analysis, interviews and features. See you then. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.